0: I'm Sasha Ann Simons, and this is Reset, your daily dose of conversations on the news, politics, arts, and culture. Abortion is nearly completely banned in Wisconsin, but that doesn't mean medical professionals stopped performing them altogether. Some abortion providers have started driving over state lines instead, to places like Waukegan, Illinois. For some, that's a four hour commute, round trip. We talked about this issue on the show when Planned Parenthood leaders in Wisconsin and Illinois said that they were partnering up, but now it's a reality. So we're going to learn more about how this partnership works and get an update on the strategy that Midwest abortion providers are using now that access is so limited in this region. Joining us is Kristen Schorsch, public health and politics reporter at WBEZ, and Kristen Schultz, the chief strategy and operations officer of Planned Parenthood of Illinois. Now, as you can tell, they have very similar names. So just to avoid confusion, I'm going to refer to them by their full names from here on out. Kristen Schultz, I'll start with you. It's been a month since you announced that Planned Parenthood Illinois and Wisconsin were teaming up. How are things going?
1: Thank you for the follow up. You know, since the partnership launched, we've been able to double the number of abortions, abortion appointments at Waukegan, uh, which is a tremendous help for the patients crossing in from Wisconsin and from our patients based in Illinois. Um, So we've been able to see many more patients than we did before the partnership. Um, We also know that both staff teams and providers from Illinois and Wisconsin are working together really pretty seamlessly at this point. And we know that it's been really pretty incredible for the providers from Wisconsin to be able to continue to provide the abortion care that they're trained and licensed to provide.
0: Yeah. W- would you say uh, Planned Parenthood Illinois was prepared for abortion to become so limited in the Midwest so quickly?
1: I I would say yes. This is the Supreme Court decision is not entirely a surprise to us. We have been preparing for this eventuality for years. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is the reason we opened the Waukegan Health Center in 2020 because of its proximity to the Wisconsin border, in addition to serving the community located right there in Waukegan. And it's the reason we opened our Flossmore Health Center in
2: 2018.
1: So in the last several years, we have been doing just a tremendous amount to expand our reach and our footprint and the infrastructure required to see this truly tremendous number of patients who we're seeing now and that we will continue to see over the next Weeks, even and months, as other states continue to restrict access.
0: So, Kristen Schorsch, who's sitting right in front of me here in <laughs> studio, that you toured the Waukegan clinic, right? And how often are these out-of-state abortion providers actually traveling up there?
2: Yeah, well, so they're they're still ramping up, um, but on average, people are going uh, twice a week. Okay, some people are only going a few times a month. Um, you know, it's so far two doctors, um, several nurses medical assistance. You know, one of the unique things is one of the uh, nurses who I talked to in Wisconsin before Roe fell, um, only physicians could provide abortions. In Illinois, uh, advanced nurse practitioners, so nurses with advanced degrees, can provide medication abortion. So one of the nurses I talked to is training to do that here in Illinois. So it's expanding what she's able to do. Okay, And they're commuting
0: four hours round trip.
2: Yes, a lot of a lot of them. So if you live in Madison or some people are coming from as far north as Sheboygan, it's about two hours one way. Um, if you're coming from Milwaukee, it's a little bit closer, and you know it depends on the time of day, right? Um, some people are getting up, you know, extremely early to yeah. to get here around all that traffic.
0: That's a lot of travel time for workers. Kristen Schultz, has it been difficult to keep clinics staffed?
1: At this point, no. Um, our Illinois staff, of course, is very, very dedicated to the provision of care that we've set up here in Waukegan. and I've just been so incredibly impressed by the the dedication and, in a lot of ways, the excitement of the Wisconsin staff to come down. You know, we recognize that the commitment they're making and the opportunity cost of that time are significant. These providers and staff have families at home and lives that they are spending away from, um, you know, away from their their homes and their lives and their families to provide this care. But their dedication is truly amazing. Um, And so, in fact, we've seen, of course, an increase because of their presence. And we hope that 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 will continue.
0: Is there any concern among providers about crossing state lines just because of legal ramifications? Like, is that a conversation that you're having? Mm
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's important to remember that these are providers who are now forced to deny care in their home state, right? They're trained and they're licensed to provide this care in states, you know, like Illinois. And and unfortunately, that's banned in their in their home state. So importantly, abortion is legal in Illinois where PPIL provides its care and where these providers from Wisconsin provide the care. And so we are not at this point aware of any examples of where a state has criminal jurisdiction over another state. That's how gambling and cannabis can be legal in some states and illegal in others. So not at this time.
0: Kristen Schorsch, let's talk about a person that's been impacted by all of this. Who is Natalie Hartwig?
2: Yeah, Natalie is a nurse midwife and the associate clinical uh, director at Planned Parenthood of Wisconsin. And, you know, she is one of these people who is commuting on average twice a week To come to uh, Waukegan and as also a training to provide medication abortion Uh, training was training last week when I talked to her in Aurora, Um, and so yeah, I mean she told me you know in terms of I asked how her days have changed, how her life has changed, and you know right now it's the summer, so her kid is sleeping in a bit, not in not in school, Um, but in terms of how her life has changed, you know she leaves the house around five thirty in the morning before her son wakes up, yeah. Um, She's listening to audiobooks and podcasts that don't have anything to do with abortion to really kind of get her mind off things. Um, And then, you know, if there's anything that she's not there for, that is uh, something her spouse is taking care of. But she is really excited, I will say, you know, to provide this care. Um, You know, she was the one I mentioned who she's been able to provide medication abortion in the state, something she's training for that she couldn't do in Wisconsin. Mm.
0: Well, let's listen to a little bit of your conversation with her, Kristen, about what her morning is like. When I go to Aurora tomorrow, I'm going to leave way before he wakes up, my son. So, I'll, you know, I'll leave at like 530 in the morning. And luckily, it's summer um, for now. He can sleep in. But any getting ready that has to happen will be on my, my spouse. So she's talking there about how, you know, this commute just makes things much more complicated in her household. Right. Uh, but she also talked to you about how much helping patients means to her.
2: Right, right. I mean, she's one of several people who um, I think just in a lot of the reporting I've been doing about um, the fall of Roe and, and the ripple effect of people who believe that this care is really important. They're passionate about trying to to keep it alive in some way. So for Natalie, you know, while she can't, pr- you know, she doesn't provide abortions in Wisconsin before Roe fell because she wasn't allowed, but now she sees that opportunity in Illinois. Yeah, so it's not the only thing she's going to be doing. She's also um, assisting as a nurse with other procedures, but it is something that she is excited to do.
0: Well, I'm going to let either Kristen answer this next question. We talk a lot about abortion providers when we talk about um, increasing abortion access, Uh, but there are a lot of other jobs in the clinic, right? I'm thinking of uh, people who work the front desk, who book appointments. Are they included in the Illinois-Wisconsin partnership?
1: Yeah, I'm happy to take this one. The answer is absolutely yes. Um, the, The number of staff and the different types of staff that it takes to care for out-of-state patients is, is variable. Right? There are lots of different types of staff from our contact center at PPIL, which is centralized. So we, we have 17 health centers and a telehealth platform. And so our contact center staff has just been fielding a tremendous increase in calls from not only Wisconsin, but from across the region and frankly, across the country. We saw a doubling in the number of calls before the Supreme Court decision and after. And so we have increased the the size of our contact center staff. We have increased our staff who are abortion patient navigators, and those are the folks who help patients understand their financial needs, their travel needs, their practical needs, to help them make the journey from their home restricted states to Illinois for their care. That includes behavioral health clinicians who are located at many of our health centers we've expanded that team by 50% in recent months. So okay. those are just a, a few of the other support structures and support teams that are required to care for patients who are facing just immense barriers um, to accessing the care that they need and deserve.
0: Mm-hmm. And Kristen Schorsch, you you've been reporting on groups that match abortion providers with short-staffed clinics. How exactly does that work?
2: Yeah. So when I was doing reporting for the story, um, I reached out to a lot of people across the country and I talked to someone at the National Abortion Federation. So this is a membership group of abortion providers across the country. So since the Dobbs opinion leaked in May, um, hinting that Roe would overturn, Mm -hmm. um, they have seen a roughly 400 percent increase in people who are essentially registering, saying, I work at a clinic. I might not be able to provide abortion care anymore. I need a new job. And so what the National Abortion Federation is doing is playing matchmaker. They are matching up people who need a job in a clinic, whether it's as a doctor, a nurse, a front desk person, someone entering the phones, with clinics like places in Illinois that mm-hmm. need the staff. So really, that it's, it's, it's seeing who can move around. I mean, obviously, there's a lot of sensitivity around. Not It's not realistic to think everyone could, you know, get up and move. I mean, their kids are in school. They're part yeah. of the communities. Um, but NAF is is taking a lead on a national front. Um, and then there's more informal conversations just between clinics, between people who know each other, like in um, in St. Louis at Fairview Heights is talking to some folks in Arkansas where abortion is now severely limited about having those staff come and work in Fairview Heights. So There's I a see. lot of conversations happening.
0: And, and you talked about that window from when, you know, Dobbs first leaked to when, you know, Roe was officially overturned. How are they actually handling that increased demand that's happening now?
2: Oh, the clinics? there yes. yes. Well, so... For In Fairview Heights, for example, which is in southern Illinois and the border of Missouri, Um, that clinic before Roe fell was the wait time for an abortion appointment was about three days. Mm -hmm. Now it's about three weeks. And they have a particular surge in people coming from Mississippi, Arkansas, and Tennessee. So what they're doing is they're extending hours. Um, They're thinking about extending them come September. And then even by the end of the year, saying they might be providing abortions 12 hours a day, seven days a week. Yeah. So they're talking to staff. For example, Arkansas is one of the, you know, is a state where they're having conversations with clinicians to say, can we utilize your expertise? You can't work here perhaps anymore. So would you come into Fairview Heights? Those are the kind of conversations they're having to Mm -hmm. meet capacity. Uh,
0: Kristen Schultz, do you think across the U.S. that more states are going to have setups like what we have here in Illinois, like where... We're partnering with states that have limited access?
1: Mm -hmm. I think it's certainly possible. I think what we've been able to accomplish with Wisconsin um, is a nice model for where it can take place in other places where we can figure out where kind of supply meets demand, right? And where there's a complementary set of providers and staff who... Um, are that excess capacity and where there are patients now needing to travel to a different place, which represents the demand. I think that's what's been so unique about this partnership is that really matched up for us in Wisconsin and Illinois, as well as the proximity um, for travel. So I have to imagine there will be opportunities to utilize this model in other places. Absolutely. Yeah.
0: That's Kristen Schultz, who's the chief strategy and operations officer of Planned Parenthood of Illinois, and also Kristen Schorsch, public health and politics reporter for WBEZ. You can read Kristen Schorsch's full story online. It's about how abortion access is changing in the Midwest. It's at WBEZ.org right now. Thank you both. That's all for today's Reset. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast so that you don't miss our conversations with other journalists and newsmakers. We drop a new episode every weekday afternoon and often on Saturdays, too. I'm Sasha Ann Simons. Thank you for listening. We'll meet again soon.